Welcome to Movie Film Studios, in the podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And this week, our kooky and spooky family let the force flow throughout as they chase down an evil lion who tossed their nephew out of the pride. But before we get into something new, it's time for something old as we check in on our last feature in Box Office Report. Last episode, we released the prequel to the Blade Runner series called Nexus 3, starring Dave Bautista, Dave Bautista, and Dave Bautista. <laughs> we we mispronounced his name multiple times. I still don't know how to pronounce his name. How did we go? Um, We we did well. We did very, very well. Okay. And, and I think that's from learning one of the main lessons uh, from the original Blade Runner film. Yep. Obviously, the original Blade Runner film, uh, it's widely known... Uh, didn't do very well at the box office. No. It was kind of like no. uh, uh, shunned and not a lot of people went and watched it. And it wasn't really until it built this sort of cult following through mm. the director's cut yeah. that, it, um, uh, that it actually sort of became successful in one of the sort of iconic sci-fi films. So we just went straight to the director's cut. <laughs> like the, the cinematic release was the director's cut. Great. There is actually no original cut. Oh, okay. And, and I kind of feel like that's one of the main reasons for that sort of box office success. Interesting. I mean, that's generally how films work, right? So you're saying that the film did well, like box office wise, right? So yes. the general consensus was that it was good. So you're not you're not clued into the forums like I am. All right, uh, I, I I try to avoid it. it yeah, just, it, it'll ruin my day if I log into. Yeah, it. well, I'm about to ruin your day. Uh, so I mean, look, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because financially, it's all in the bank. No. Uh, it's all good there. But we have annoyed. A group of people we probably haven't annoyed before, and that is the super fans, uh, because we really haven't made a film as part of an existing license before, I guess, that has been had a, like a very um, intense fan base. And you know, those, the, those Blues Clues fans weren't as yeah, they're, that they're, intense. They're, not, yeah, they're no, fine. Enough. So, like, when you take liberties with the canon and uh, the film and the stories and stuff in Blues Clues, it doesn't matter. Like, the fans don't really care. But for Blade Runner, they do. Mm. And we messed up. Like, we messed up the canon. We retconned a bunch of things from Blade Runner and the sequel, which Dave Bautista was in. We, yeah. Look, we somehow forgot that Dave Bautista has been in a Blade Runner film Blade before. Blade Runner 2049. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, our film, which is meant to be a prequel of those two, absolutely ruined the continuity for both of those films as well. So the fans uh, who's, are... Who's counting? I mean, uh, the fans are <laughs> the really, fans right, really irritated at us. But, I mean, as you say, it doesn't matter. Because, no. like, the money's in the bank. And it's probably just as well, because I think Google's going to sue us for using the Nexus term, which I think is what they call their phones as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh. Anyway, it's all good. We'll keep... We'll keep Surely Google doesn't have any, like, lawyers, <laughs> mighty lawyers behind them. We'll be fine. <laughs> no, yeah, right. All right, on to the films for this week's episode. And the first film we have for you today is, well, you know what it's going to be, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, directed by J.J. Abrams and starring Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, and John Boyega. We've passed on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now. This is your fight.
we're back into the Star Wars world. We're back to conclude the uh, the trilogy that started with The Force Awakens, directed by J.J. Abrams, and then was ruined by Ryan Johnson in The Last Jedi and is maybe going to get slightly fixed in this film. I think too much of this trailer looks like it's trying to fix the issues that... I yeah. think Ryan Johnson really just sort of hacked away at everything that J.J. Abrams had set up. Yep. Uh, in a really, I mean, I personally feel it was a really horrible film. Yeah, I'm um, with you there. And then it looks like J.J. Abrams is trying to correct ship, but maybe overcorrecting. To be fair, though, the trailer doesn't give much away. It's no. a series of shots of spaceships flying, beloved yep. characters uh, returning from previous films, uh, emotional hugs between existing characters, characters standing on the edge of the cliff and looking at an interesting yep. uh, alien planet of crashed Death Star. Yep. Like It's just it's the same sort of stuff we get for all of these sort of initial teaser trailers. Yep. It's, it doesn't tell you anything about the characters. It doesn't tell you anything about the story. No. It's just visually... But there's, a no, there's enough stuff in there to sort of satisfy the hardcore Star Wars fans. And this trailer premiered at uh, the Star Wars Celebration event, which happens every year somewhere in America, which is a big Star Wars festival. Uh, and uh, so there's a couple of shots in the film. Surely, that, aren't we like 20 days too early for May the 5th? Or we May, are, May but the like 4th, that's or? a separate thing. Yeah, right. so sure. <laughs> I mean, okay. anyway. Uh, so there's a shot of... A character holding a medallion, which is the same medallion that Han Solo was awarded at the end of uh, right. the first Star Wars film. There's the Emperor from. Uh, we only the hear Empire his Str- laugh. You hear his laugh, but it's his, it's his laugh. Yeah, uh, and it's noted in the cast that he is actually a cast yeah. member. I don't know if it's just voice or otherwise, but apparently we're getting the emperor back in this film because yep. at least reasons to balance out how bad that is at least we get billy d williams back yeah That's billy d nice. williams is back as a lando calrissian and he's doing his thing on the millennium falcon uh we have a new droid because of course we have a new droid yeah, it's lots Disney. of merchandise yep. tie-in options new there. spaceships new this new that and like just pretty much every spaceship i see there like in my mind, I already see the Lego set sitting oh, yeah. in the toy yeah, store. Yeah. It's like, hey, it's exactly like the TIE Interceptor, except there's some like red around. It's got the red edge, around it. it. Yeah, uh, it's, so, it's sharper so, uh, as well. Yeah, it's a new a new set that you have to buy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, look, I mean, look, these films make a heap of money. Um, you're either on the side of like, it's mindless entertainment, it's fun, or it's just not the same. It's not the Star Wars you remember. Um, I, did, I came to a realisation recently that, that, like, I loved the original trilogy growing up. Yeah. And then I look at this trilogy now, I'm like, but it's just a whole bunch of stupid names and silly words for planets. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's what the original trilogy was, yeah. but I was invested in that. And now I can see the people who weren't invested in the or- original trilogy looking at me going, yeah, but it's just a bunch of silly words and stupid <laughs> nouns and weird planets. And yeah, I'm like, I, I kind of get more now what it's like to be on the outside of Star Wars because yep. I don't I haven't enjoyed it for quite a long yeah, while yeah I'm, I'm kind of with you there I, I will always love the original trilogy and uh, you know as being standalone films but the rest of it I, I just don't care about anymore <laughs> yeah there's too much there's too much um self-editing like to, yeah. to really enjoy it I have to kind of ignore big chunks of it yeah which kind of I mean, I, I'm quite happy to do if Indiana Jones oh, yeah. just ignore the, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull exists because yeah. that's an entire film. But when you go, yep. actually, I don't really like this part of this film. I'll try and forget <laughs> that that happened. Let's ignore that apparently the Rebels TV series is yeah, is part is of the canon. Canonical. Uh, so, um, and yeah. Then the latest video game is also canonical as well and will give you this tiny little piece of the puzzle that you haven't picked up from the films. And it's just, it's too much. It is. It's too dense uh, and I'm kind of done with it. And Disney apparently is as well because they're taking a hiatus 
hiatus rather from um, Star Wars after this film uh, and I assume that they're going to go resurrect the corpse of Indiana yeah. Jones as well so now they're only going to release what 12 films 12 films this year <laughs> yeah like it's anyway they're not starred for they're not strapped for cash that's for sure yeah next film for this week's episode is The Addams Family directed by Conrad Vernon and Greg Tiernan and starring Oscar Isaac Charlize Theron and Chloe Grace Moretz <laughs> This is an average American family. And so is this. And so are these. Every family is different. But some families are more different than others. Get out! It's hideous. It's horrible. It's home. Is that really as tight as you can make it? Hello. Wednesday, what do you have there? I'm not sure. Strange. There's usually a murderous clown attached to the other end of these. My only real exposure to the Adams Family is the other 90s films. Yeah, uh, directed with... by Barry Sonnenfeld, who did uh, the original Men in Black films. Oh, right. Uh, I mean, I just know it as Christina Ricci and... Um, uh, yes. Great Scott, whatever <laughs> Christopher his name. Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd, there you go. Uh, Angelica Houston, and uh, the guy from Street Fighter. That guy from Street Fighter, yeah. Um, <laughs> they were good films. So I, those are the first really two were. Films, uh, yeah. And um, as kids of the '90s, they were right up our alley. It was a bit quirky. It was a bit it's kooky, a bit, a bit spooky. Well, yeah. um, all those uh, creepy, kooky, spooky. <laughs> all those words from the theme song. So the Adams family started as a comic strip in the New Yorker in the 1930s, I 30s, believe, yeah. created by a, a guy called Charles Adams, uh, and he wrote it as a kind of a counterpoint to the established American family culture at the time, which was very wholesome. Uh, and the Adams family was meant to be counterculture, like basically like the Simpsons. The Simpsons its, did exactly that same yeah. thing, yeah. Uh, and the films that uh, they did in the '90s sort of followed on that as well. They were very weird and 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 quirky. And, but they and were, I think, the films were based more off the the '60s TV. Probably series. based off the TV series as well, yeah. So this particular film is animated and is and it harks back to the original graphic style of those comics from the 1930s, and it's much more slapsticky, you know, in the same vein as the Hotel Transylvania I was about films. to say, this reminded me of a lot of the Hotel yeah. Transylvania. And obviously Hotel Transylvania, I think, is taking its cue from the Addams Family. Yeah. Um, but... I don't know. I'm not interested in watching Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> uh, this is also seems to be aimed at a, a much younger audience yeah, than, yeah. Um, than it's, the it's films a that reboot. I got to. Yeah. It's a reboot. You know, I mean, there's only so many times they can repeat the Adam's Family films on TV. And I swear it's every like six weeks at this point. Yeah. Uh, so they need to, you know, kick, kick that license along again. And uh, spooky, scary done in a fun, child-friendly, family-friendly manner seems to be the way to go. It so. very much feels like one that in five years time when we're still doing the podcast <laughs> we will be watching the trailer for the Adams Family 5 probably like, yeah this is the, the Despicable Me style yep. of like yep. the, and there will be There'll a be spin-off, spin-off series the, the thing spin-off yeah the, with a hand yep. and his go- kooky hand yep. sidekicks so just yep. off doing their and despite the fact that, time things. that that hand has no voice uh, it'll still be voice cast by some you know well known yeah. actor or actress well, how, how many people do they get to do the voice of BB-8 or something like that oh uh, yeah like, like Bill Hader does the voice of BB-8 but, but yeah. I think it's Bill Hader and someone else it's, I'm Bill, like, it's Bill Hader an app and someone else and like, it's like why do you need three people know. to voice I a robot know. that doesn't even speak <laughs> no. sure 
Ben Burt just recorded a bunch of like plinky plonky sounds back in the 70s for R2-D2 and that seemed to work fine. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, go and see this film later this year. Or, or if you don't have kids, don't go and watch or it. Don't go and watch it. <laughs> Final film for this week's episode is The Lion King, directed by Jean Favreau and starring Donald Glover, Seth Rogen and Chiwetel Ejiofor. Life's not fair, is it, my little friend? While some are born to feast, others spend their lives in the dark. Begging for scraps. Everything you see exist together in a delicate balance. While others search for what they can take, a true king searches for what he can give. And we're back in Disney remake territory. Yeah, another long line in the Ugh. chain of this time not live action it's still animated but, yeah, but it's, it's just yeah, reanimated man. like but not even like animated in a way that's meant to be it's it's meant to look photorealistic, photorealistic. Yeah. and because of that like all the lines in it look real all the we well, say they animals, look real, they look them, really really desaturated yeah i know like it, it's a weird a bizarre like you know what it's like you know those those um films where they've got like uh, a canine or a cat you know the dogs and cats films where they've shot live-action dogs and cats, and then they've CG manipulated their mouths so that they're like making mouth shapes so they can talk. Yeah, this is what that film looks like. It it looks like a very high-budget version of cats and dogs, uh, because everyone's sort of rendered in a photorealistic style, but they still have to move their mouths in a way that suggests that they're talking, and it looks creepy. There still there still has to be a look of surprise on Simba's face yep. as the the wildebeest yep. come charging at him. Yep. Of Timon and Pumbaa, photo, oh, photorealistic man. meerkat and a warthog are, are singing The Lion Sleeps Tonight as yep. they walk through the jungle. Not even walking, like it's a prance. It's, it, the, it's the, just, it, it feels weird. And the other thing is, one of the things they did with the teaser trailer here was did a recut of the film side by side and you yeah. can see it's shot for shot. This this film is also shot for shot. Yeah. There's a weird montage I always found very, very strange in the original film where they're walking across a log bridge yep. um, singing Hakuna Matata. Yeah. And, like, there's this... Uh, Simba grows up. Yeah, Simba like grows a, up. At, at, they Crossfade sort of thing, yeah. They did exactly the same thing. It's, yeah. it's the same weird shot. It's the same side on. Yeah. As he's getting older, the final shot, they're silhouetted by moonlight. Yeah. I'm like, are they doing... What they did for um, Psycho, whatever. <laughs> Gus Van Sant's shot for shot remake for no with, apparent uh, reason. With what's his name? Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates, yeah. The completely pointless exercise in remaking a film shot by shot. And, I mean, no one's going to remember the Gus Van Sant version and everyone's going to remember the Alfred Hitchcock version. Exactly. That's the same thing for this. No one is going to, in a couple of years' time, you know what people will want to see again and again? The original animated version. Well, this version. is the thing. I, when, they, when they re-released this in 3D yeah. where I went and watched it again because I wanted to watch it again in the movies yeah, yeah. It, literally if they put the original 2D animated Lion King from 1994 yeah. uh, on at the movies I would be a hundred times more likely to go and watch it Absolutely. than I am to go and watch this this remake and 
again, again, I want to get off topic. Um, but one of the things we both picked up on this film is just the voice casting feels really so wrong. wrong. Yeah. Uh, what well, we've got James L. Jones still doing Mufasa. Yeah. Um, but very, very uh, older as well. He, he does sound a lot older than he than he did before. Yeah. But like Scar starts speaking, and I'm like, I don't feel like you're a villain. I don't get yeah. that same sense of malice, that same sense of yeah. uh, pure dread that Jeremy Irons brought to the role. And I can only assume this is part of like Disney's contemporary push to like address the wrongs that people have criticised the previous films for. So Scar is a bit of a pantomime villain. He's got the very crisp British accent uh, voiced by um, Jeremy Irons. Irons. Uh, And in this one, they've, you know, it's it's Chiwetel and he's doing a much more nuanced and very, very restrained But everything that I've seen him in, he's just been a nice guy. Yeah. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't ring to me like a villain. Yeah. And not many of the other characters speak in this, but you look at the voice cast and you've got um, Seth Rogen and John Oliver, John Oliver, Beyonce. Beyonce, Yeah. uh, And, I just I don't know what roles they're going to play. Maybe like I, I could maybe see Seth Rogen as being one of the hyenas, possibly. Yeah. Um, but and and uh, Donald Glover, I assume, is playing Simba. Seth Rogen is playing Pumbaa, and it's just like, oh really? It's not right. And Billy Eichner is playing Timon, and it's like it's not it's not Nathan Lane, and it's and not, Matthew Broderick. And Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Look. Anyway, this this will make money. No one will actually like it. No one will say, "Gee, I'm really glad they did a 3D." Uh, computer-generated version of The Lion King because it was really lacking a lot of pixels back in the day. Has has anyone actually... So, let's... It's Cinderella, Pete's Dragon, Beauty and the Beast, yep. uh, Dumbo, yep. Aladdin, yep. Uh, The Lion King... Jungle uh, Book. The Jungle Book. Yep. They've done so many of them. Are any of them actually... Good. Like any, no. uh, would would you sit down? I, I with none of those would yep. I would I go? Hey, I've got the original Cinderella from 1940 yep. or whenever it came out, and I have the the remake yep. with um, Game of Thrones, <laughs> <laughs> um, Richard Madsen or whatever his yep. name yep. is. Uh, which one would I want to show my hypothetical kids if I had them? Yeah, I would always it's choose always the original. Be the animated, yeah. Uh, just I, I don't know I just don't know what the point of it is and as I said what they, they used to do with Disney is they, they have the thing called the Disney Vault yep. where they'd take all their films they'd lock them up they'd say you're, n- you're not allowed to screen these yep. and then every 15 years they would re-release one of them yeah and everyone would flock to the cinema yeah and they'd create this demand by limiting the supply yeah um there's no reason they can't keep doing that. I just, I don't know. Because Disney, Disney needs to like, Disney transitions to the best way to make money depending on the time yeah. of, of whatever age we're in. Previously, it was like restricting the supply that made them a lot of money. Now it's about oversupplying and they'll make them a lot of money. So yeah. Like, I think or that's launching just... your old di- own digital sure, yeah. distribution platform. And, exactly. And like <laughs> pull, pulling all your Disney property from Netflix <laughs> and making sure that parents with, you know, kids under the age of yeah. five have to subscribe to Disney's platform because that's the only place that they can watch Frozen over and over and over and over and over over again. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Those are the three trailers and our very ranty thoughts on them for this week's episode. But of course, before we can do anything with those, we're going to have to take a little walk over to the green room. Let's go. And here we are. Let's have a quick recap of the trailers for this week's episode. We have... The final film in a trilogy of post-school sequel. Yeah, for now. Uh, (laughs) In a a long-running space opera epic. It's tired. It's so tired. It is, yes. We also have... A reboot of a comic book strip slash TV series slash film. film. Um, In a a new animated form. A new animated style aimed at kids. Yep. 
And finally, we have... Another in a long line of <laughs> Disney remakes of existing <laughs> Disney films. Yes, indeed. Uh, I don't... Um, I'm not jealous of the fact that I don't oh, pick this week. wet garbage. Yeah. <laughs> like, to be fair, the Adams Family one is the only one in there that, like, has a spark of originality. Yeah. And having said that, the the intellectual property's already been remade <laughs> like a dozen times. None it's, of this stuff is new. None that, of it's original. None of it's different. Exactly. That animated property, I mean, sorry, that uh, that original property, the Adams Family, even made it to direct a video before it got rebooted. Yeah. So it's had a it's had a good run in the sun, that's for sure. Uh, but anyway, it's your turn this week. What have you got? I can't choose. I can't choose just one of them. Okay. So what we need to do. It's, it's going to be computer animated. Yeah, of course. Uh, so we're taking that from The Lion King and The Adams Family. Yep. It's got to have... It's got to be based on some... Uh, Pre-existing I don't property. Even, like, well, this is the thing. Like, it's just telling the same stories over and over again. That's apparently yeah. what people want. It may frustrate the hell out of me <laughs> as a film producer to not come up with a new original idea yep. every week. We yep. just come up with gold every yep. single time. Yep. But apparently what the, the people want yep. is just the same, the same garbage okay. over and over again. What is the most, like, like discounting religious stories, what is the most commonly told story to children? Is it like Goldilocks and the Three Bears? Those kind of very, very um, the, the, well-known nursery. I mean, tales this is, this is where Disney mined a lot of their ideas, like yeah. uh, Cinderella and the Little Mermaid, yeah. and uh, Beauty and the Beast and Frozen. These are all grim fairy tales. Yeah, like uh, even I mean, we've even done our own Shashki yes. Midfit was Midfit. based on a chess-playing <laughs> bear. That that old Russian folk tale. Um, I think I think you're onto something. I yeah. think we take a folk tale. Yep. Um, that has been done to death. Yeah, or, I suppose. Or so. maybe not done to death in the cinematic sense, but as a story, it's one that, as a parent, you wouldn't even buy the storybook for because you can just tell it yeah, exactly. Uh, so again, this is like we're in the Goldilocks and the Three Bears, Little Red Riding, Little Red Hood. Riding Hood. Um, why is it always about like three pigs, girls? three little pigs? Yeah, three little pigs actually. Or even uh, what about Billy Goat's Gruff? Billy as, Goat's as Gruff. As they're crossing the bridge to yep. get to the great gr- and they have to fight the troll. Yep. I can't even. How does that story? Even it's go? just the the younger brother goes, um, "Don't eat me." My old my next brother's coming oh, across right. and he's yeah. much bigger. And then the the second brother goes, "Don't eat me." My bigger brother's coming and you get a much bigger meal. And the third yep. brother comes along and he's a big, fully grown goat with horns and he just knocks the troll off the bridge. Yep. Okay. Story cool. told. All right. So I like that. Let's do this. Let's do that. But I think that the whole we'll do the same thing that Disney does and attempt to correct the problems that the original versions of these stories have. And the problem I see in this story is that each brother successfully throws the other brother under the bus. Yeah. Uh, so I, I get the sense that there's a family discord there. There's not a they're not on equal footing there. They're actually trying to outplay each other and trying to survive. So I think that there needs to be family turmoil. We clearly need to tell that backstory extensively yep. as to why each brother would then sell the other brother under... I mean, there's no guarantee that the last uh, Billy Goat can defeat the troll under no. the bridge. You know, it's all left up to uh, chance and, you know, the mm. hope that this brother is played by... Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I, I think assume. so, or Dave Bautista. If we, we yeah, could still yeah. get some like 
hey Dave come do some ADR for <laughs> Nexus 3 it's like didn't this already get a cinematic release yes we'll just do that why, why am I what? talking as if I'm a goat it's just ADR Dave do I get paid extra no it's all built yeah, into your you original contract Blade Runner talking about the little uh, unicorn origami figure it's like yeah, that like yeah. it's the fever dream of a mad person who maybe or maybe doesn't know about your actual history it's fine just right. go along with it alright so he'll play the big hulking you know, final Billy Goat gruff. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, that's that's the, the core of the story really is like... A family dynamic. How, yeah, how did, these, how did this family break apart? How did they get to the point where they're selling each other um, or they're put, See, throwing each other under the bus? You're, you're saying the word family a lot. Yes. And that just reminds me of The Fast and the Furious. Yes. Because <laughs> Vin Diesel is, is he's just all about family. Yep. The, the whole family crew. Yep. Why would you do anything? You'll do anything for my family. So yep, yep. I think elements of Fast and Furious. Yep. Is that is that at all I think, possible? I think that's fine. But I also think that there's something uh, Wall Street-ish about this as well. Oh, all right. So okay. I kind of like the idea of like competing family members either vying for the family fortune or they've got competing properties or... or so um, are we doing a contemporary setting then? or are well, we Of course do- we are. Because I mean... I kind of feel like the original Disney films were always set in the the mythical, mystical oh, yeah. forest yep. with the the talking woodland creatures so, and things like that. So, so, do we do what DreamWorks do does a lot, like for the Shrek films, and say, yeah, it's going to be in a fairy tale locale, but we're going to bring in all this modern, this weird anachronistic. I don't, yeah. even, I don't really like that as well because, like, I know you but get the, like but your, the people like it. You get your Red Riding Hoods. I think we got to follow the Disney model though. The okay. Disney model is the telling of the original story. Yep. And then this is also like theoretically. <laughs> As if we're remaking our own retelling of that original story. Yeah, yeah. But in a sense, we're, we're trying to stay true to the source material. Right. I, I like the forest dynamic. We can create a little bit of maybe like a family business kind of thing. Yep. And, um, you know, it's such and such and son. Yep. And then it's supposed to be in sons. But you have the older powerful brother. And the middle brother, I think, is always supposed to be a bit more shrewd and conniving. Yep. And then the young one's a bit more reckless and impetuous. Yeah, I like this. I also think they need to have a reason as to why they're going over the bridge. Because this was critically lacking in the original story no the original story is the grass was greener on the other side oh is that it they, this is this I mean is it, yeah. as far as I'm concerned where the where that actually sort of like saying comes from they're on one side of the bridge yep. and they've already used up all of their green grass they've eaten it all yep. they want to get to the other side where the yep. green grass is yep. and there's a roadblock in the way yep. in the form of a bridge troll right now this is another character that sort of is very, is very underdeveloped yeah. in the original story yeah like for instance are the goats just pests Ooh, I mean, they've eaten all the grass on one side, and then they want to invade someone else's sovereign territory. Well, this is and this eat is, all the uh, grass there. There's nothing, nothing more topical at the moment than um, uh, environmental concerns. That's right. Yeah, and the whole sort of maybe, maybe we recast it. Maybe we show it in the light of these <laughs> these goats are actually the ones who are being. Um, destructive right, yeah, yeah. who are actually ruining their environment yep. creating a monoculture of grass which yeah. doesn't promote any biodiversity exactly. at all this is kind of what um, the what the original Minions film not the like Minions Despicable Me Despicable Me didn't they recast he's meant to be some evil arch villain but they kind of recast him as a kind of lovable I think that was curmudgeon. the yeah, the, the he was forced to adopt three children. Yes, and the three children brought out in him. Yeah, this this loving. Yeah, potentially. Well, why don't we do the same thing? If we're yeah. going to do that, then the one of the main characters is uh, Father Goat Gruff. Yep, and he has these three children. Yep. who are thrust upon him and maybe potentially show him the error of his ways. Yep. Uh, and then wait, the thrust upon the the thrust upon the the troll or no no the, on the dad on the dad right Possibly. okay or is are we saying that the troll is is Groot not Groot <laughs> Groot I'm I'm so confused I, right now I yeah I assumed that we can't like we have 
the character who's traditionally the villain in that story, which is the troll. Okay, troll. Uh, we we switch the perspective on him. Okay, Cause, so because sure. we, we need to ground him in reality in the same way they did for Beauty and the Beast. They had to sort of justify all these reasons why uh, Gaston was such an asshole, and it was like PTSD or something like in in that film. It's so weird. Weird. Okay. Um, but like that seems to be a thing, right? Like the the the, the troll needs a motivation for doing what he does. Um, and maybe it's like I don't know. Maybe um, maybe some goats uh attacked his family at some point, yeah. and he's like a he's just he's the last one of his family, and he's just bitter. Uh, and now he has to sit under the bridge because, like, the bridge, a bridge somewhere else in a faraway land was the location of the last stand um, where his family died. And now, as penance for his sins, for letting I'm his family die, he has definitely to seeing a goats versus trolls yeah, war, yeah, like exactly. a, a civil war. That's in, right. In yeah, a, the backstory pre- was there's a civ- there was a civil war between goats and trolls. The troll, the the evil troll in our story, lost his entire family to the goats. Um, but then the war was settled. Uh, the there was a a very um, a, a peace kind of came out. A peace treaty came out. Uh, both sides basically agreed to it, and they've lived in not quite harmony, but no. You know, but th- there is a hard border. There and is. That's, yeah. that's also a very topical thing at the moment with Brexit and the hard border between yeah, Northern Ireland right, and yep. uh, the Republic of Ireland. Yep. Uh, maybe we can pull on some of those. Yeah, of course we can. Sociological <laughs> issues there. Yep. Where they're like, well, how do we now that this treaty has been signed? There is now a hard border. Yep. Between um between the the trolls yep. land and. And is the it the bridge? Land. Is it the bridge? It is. It's yeah. actually yeah. The, the hard it's a border huge is, bridge. is like, the is the 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 river that runs. Yep. And there's only one crossing point. Yep. Um, and uh. Yeah, for some reason, I, I don't know, I think, why do the trolls have all this infrastructure? Are they the craftsmen? Have they built the bridges? Have I, they built I, the irrigation? Yeah. And then the goats, again, every everything I look at here, the, the goats are the villains in a really weird way. <laughs> that the, the um The original story doesn't really get into the fact that, exactly, hey, yeah. I want what you've got. I'm going to kill you to take it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not a good moral. What are you? What are you trying to tell us, Grimm? Yeah, I know. Well, this is the thing. This is the morally ambiguous nature of Grimm's fairy tales, which I think tends to get a bit uh, it does dulled get, when yeah. Disney takes it gets, over. It gets washed away a little bit. Yeah. So, so we have to gloss over the fact that it's um, rampant, uh, <laughs> tyrannical bullying at its core, <laughs> and uh, and say, well, you know, otherwise, otherwise, we can't like the troll. It doesn't look pleasant. It's yep. asymmetrical, and yep. we we don't like anything that's asymmetrical. <laughs> and the the big symmetrical pretty goats can take whatever they want. Yeah. All right. So where do we go from here? I think it's probably why it was never turned into an original <laughs> film. Like substantially, there's not a lot to do there. We really no. have, to, have to do a lot of work to fill in the it's gaps. So, here. like, I think we need to leave. So we do what they did for the Hobbit, right? Like, and that is expand spin <laughs> 10 pages into a three-hour movie yeah exactly so the, the whole crux of that story is the last goat coming over the bridge and killing attacking whatever the troll that we need to save for like act three the the sort of climactic part of the film um and so so act one needs to the first troll act two is the second troll act three conclusion and conclusion de- demise yeah. of the troll uh so i don't know how we're going to expand upon the story 
See, everything that I think we could do is like a really clever, you know, we tell the same story three times, but from different people's perspectives. Oh, yeah. I like that. And then each time reveals different things about the relationship. Yep. I'm like, but again, this is not a Disney film. That's right. This yeah. is like a Christopher Nolan film. It's like <laughs> nonlinear storytelling. We can't do that. No, it's we can't. No, Very no, distinctly not. said, we are doing a very bland, yep. just retelling of an existing story. Yep. It must be linear and it can, like, you can only do flashbacks and flash forwards when it's for comedic purposes only. That is from the Disney handbook of making films. You know, I, I think we've we've banged our heads against the wall mm. and I think the only solution to this is just to make a five-minute film. Oh, really? Like, as a cinematic release, yep. absolutely. Yep. Um, but we are doing Disney's very staunch we're just going to tell the story yep. as it is yep. and if we tell the story as it is it's just going to last for five <laughs> minutes and I think we just have to like just go with that and go hey you know what morally not the best story in the world but you know what we do yep. if it's just going to be five minutes yep. we release a hand animated yep. um, uh, film that looks like it was made in the 1950s yep. and then we release a computer generated one that looks like it was made in the early 90s yep. and then we also release the live action remake of okay. the same film yep. so it's just back to back to back so yep. like let's say it's a five minute film we've already just flushed it out to 15 minutes yep. and we've given people 70 years worth of movie going <laughs> experiences all in the one like cinema uh, session see, no you're not thinking like a movie producer because you're saying that for one ticket for the cost of one ticket they can see three different films no we do the experiment that we were talking about when we were talking about The Lion King and you were saying that like if you were presented with 2019 CGI crap fest that is The Lion King or the 1994, 6, whatever version of The Lion King, the animated 2D version, you'd always go to that one. We give the people the option when they get to the Cineplex. Do you want to see the 1950s version of uh, The Three Billy Goats Gruff? Yep. Sure, buy a ticket for that one and you'll see a five-minute film. Uh, do you want to see the 1995-esque version of The Three Billy Goats Gruff? Sure, go and buy a ticket for that. And then finally, if for some reason you want to see the completely weird-looking, photorealistic CGI version of The Three Billy Goats Gruff that we released this year, you may choose to see that as well. I think the only reason we make that is to drive people into the other exactly. <laughs> Because, like, no one would go and watch the other ones otherwise. But exactly. the fact that there's a bad remake is yeah, yeah, like, you know exactly. what? It gives me the nostalgia factor. I'm yep, going to go watch yep. the other films. Do, I mean, like, I mean, this is probably a secret board meeting discussion here, but do we, like, actually pretend it came out in the 1950s, that original version? Like, do we kind of mislead the public? Oh. Like, I, I think we're going to have to pay off the internet movie database to, <laughs> to go into their back systems and uh, to ad- adjust add, some things. Add this in yeah. there, yeah. Well, I mean, mate, someone probably did a version of the three Billy Goats Gruff. Like, I'm sure Looney Tunes probably did it back in the day. Uh, so, I mean, do we just co-opt that? Surely that's no, I think cop- we still right We now. still make our own. We still make our but own. I, th- right. I think we, we definitely rewrite the history yep. book slightly yep. to... Yeah, we make sure we have one of those, like, copyright MMCVX logos on the end of the film <laughs> uh, we just cast people who can't contradict oh yeah Alec Guinness was in this don't, yeah, don't right, you remember yeah. you could go ask him oh no, that's right mm. you, know, mm. uh, you know and I mean Wikipedia articles are really easy to edit if you are logged in so uh, <laughs> you know there's um, you know, Alec Guinness was definitely in the Three Billy Goats Croft he definitely did it before the bridge over the river quiet yeah again he, he was he was in a, oh, don't you remember the whole lot of bridge based films that he was in <laughs> All in the same decade? That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's definitely... It was the bridge saga. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, all right. That sounds good. 
Uh, so, I mean, do we even need to make the the CGI animated version if no one's going to see it? Or? Oh, oh, yeah, we we make them all. Actually, but, I think if if anything, we don't make the 2019 like CGI like live action remake. Yeah, we just make the trailer for it. Yeah, good idea. And, and and when people rock up and say, "Hey, you know, I saw the trailer for it. It's giving me the nostalgia to go watch the original one." Yeah, and it's just like, "Oh yeah, but you know, we we <laughs> wink wink. We're putting sessions on in." Cinema 21. Yeah. There's only 20 cinemas in this particular <laughs> complex. It doesn't exist. So we're going to have to also pay off like cinema complexes oh, look, as well. You know, There's a lot of paying off in this one. I think, you know... We'll blow it, through it, our Blade Runner prequel money. <laughs> well, that's... A, I mean, it's a thing, you know. I, I think a lot, a lot of people say that about a third of a movie's um, budget goes towards marketing. Yep. They don't realize that the other third goes towards bribes and hacking. So... <laughs> and the other third? I mean, making the film Making itself, the film, all right, yeah. cool. Bribes and hacking. Yeah, right. it's a big. It's a big component it's of films huge, these days. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's one Disney never wants to talk about it, but it's <laughs> it's definitely there. Uh, all right. Uh, so, I mean, do we need to have a, a different name? It's just going to be the three. Billy no, that, that, they they call it the same thing every time. Right. It's not. It's not like you no. know the gritty remake, which is just called Gruff. gruff. Yeah, no, I was no, no, say. no. It's it's just called the three Billy Goats Gruff. The gritty remake was the era of like 20, 2010 uh, it's very specific. It's like around about the 2010 era is when they started doing the singular word, like Grim wasn't Grim yeah. one of them as well. Uh, the single word title, but we are Grim done. Grim was a TV series actually. Was it? Yeah. Wasn't there a film called or was the it Brothers, Brothers Grim, Grim yeah, with anyway. Matt Damon and Heath Ledger? Yeah. Uh, anyway, that doesn't matter. So yeah, we we are we're about preservation. We're about um, bringing the people this lovely bit of history in the same way that Disney lovingly packages it up and sells it on their digital distribution platform, which is also where you'll find <laughs> the three Billy Goats graph. But you may not find the most recent version because it may or may not ever exist. <laughs> is that story out of like copyright now? Can we also like reprint the books? Because you Ooh. know how Disney do that for Winnie the Pooh, right? Like they i don't know what the licensing is for that but they can reprint the original aa milne books using their version of winnie the pooh um i believe so i wonder if we can do that as well we we resell the three billy goats gruff as a book but it obviously has the look and feel of our animated yeah okay films. i mean there's so many tie-ins. There's coloring books. There's stickers. Oh, yeah. yep. Kids go mad for stickers. Yep. I think I think the we're going to make sense. most of our money from this from the stickers. <laughs> yep. Uh, and the backpacks and the pajamas yeah, and the, 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 the giveaways at supermarkets and stuff. We do. We need to do the Lego tie-in set as well. Yep. Uh, the, oh yeah, the video game. Surely we can turn a five-minute to a video no, game. But, but, but the thing is, because it's all retrospective, it'll be like a NES video platformer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, oh, don't you remember the, the yeah. Nintendo version yeah, no, of we'll the 3 s- We'll sell off? three versions of the game. <laughs> There'll be the original Nintendo Entertainment System version, the Nintendo 64 version, which has like 10 polygons in it, and then the like PS4, Xbox One PC like powerhouse that is but it's still exactly the same platformer yeah. it's just uh, better <laughs> graphics yeah it's like when they remaster like old video games yeah. and they give you the option to switch between the original graphics or the 3D HD remaster we'll do that as well for ours exact same game um, and it like just one of those like real poor excuses for you know like when they did E.T. for the Atari and it was just like E.T. jumping out of pits. It didn't, had nothing to do with the film itself. E.T. video game mainly end up in landfill. It did, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but see, look how much money it made afterwards when people got like hooked on trying to figure out the um, the story and the myth behind it. I mean, yeah, I think that's clearly where we need to go. Uh, it's 
I, I didn't realize just how much work there would be in creating every piece of licensed merchandise yeah, for the last 70 years. Yep. But I think our our digital uh, or even our, our practical workshop team are up to it. So Yeah, I think we're going to have to skew the budget a little bit because you said like it's a third for movie production, a third for uh, marketing, and then a third for bribing and hacking. I mean, the film's going to cost us like maybe a grand to make. Um, <laughs> I don't think we're going to need a little bit more than that for the rest of the film. All right, I'll rejig the spreadsheet for the... <laughs> <laughs> the um the, the Mandela effect is where people remember things that happened that never happened. Yep. Uh, we want it. Yeah, we want that. <laughs> we want people to remember having seen the three Billy Goats gruff yeah. okay, in, in the film. In the it, like after it came out of yeah. our vault in 1985, I was like, yep. yeah, I kind of remember that yeah, one yeah. actually. And we also need to do the retrospective documentaries on it as well. So yeah. like the we'll get some old actors to come back and talk about how they were like an animator on the original version or uh, one of the voice actors or something, and it just be like and no one you know of. One, one like, of the oh, janitors yeah, yeah. who found the original cells yeah, in the dumpster right. yep. at the end, and now they've yep. auctioned, they've bought them at selling them. At auction for like a hundred grand for yep. one of the original cells yep. and how we found the original uh, reels of the film as well deep buried in a vault somewhere uh that we that we purchased yep. and uh, had to be painstakingly frame by frame restoration yep. and now we've got the new 4k uh transfer as well for um <laughs> for re-release in cinemas and yeah it'll be a whole a huge thing and we just hope that we're not going to get exposed for making up a film uh for three films actually <laughs> All right, I think that's a wrap. I think you're right. Three Billy Goats Gruff. Time to clean some house. We are online at moviefilmstudios.net where you can find all of our previous episodes, our bios, and Mephuzawudda, the database of films that we've made on this podcast. Guess what? We are on social media. We're on a bunch of different platforms and we're doing better at them now. (laughs) Uh, So we are on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. Uh, Search either of those platforms for movie film studios drop the s if you're on twitter because they don't allow us to have our full name on there um and you'll find various things uh on facebook we post clues as to the trailers we've watched in upcoming episodes which is a fun little game that some people participate yeah in. congratulations this week uh for i'm gonna butcher this in italian but guerra stellari la salita del luamere de cielo which That's is uh uh star wars the <laughs> on the sky promenade or something like that which right yep. ascension of the sky promenade which yes. is uh rise of the skywalker yep um the anagram for the adams family went into flashy maid mate hmm. and uh the image of a lion and the image of a king hmm. surprisingly was Means, to represent the film uh, uh the lion king Aladdin. Uh, okay <laughs> congratulations if you got those this week indeed on instagram we post animated snippets of uh, yeah. episodes so if you're looking for a way to get your movie film studios fix without having to listen to an entire podcast have a listen to those they're only a minute long and they're full of good times the last one we did was about uh the poor poor cesar romero and his yeah. lack of an academy Award. i still i still really can't get over how many people who have portrayed know. the joker have won academy Awards. i think kate winslet says yep. that uh you have to play um oh, i can't even remember the but like the, the kind of roles that you have to go for if you want this is in yeah. extras so it's yeah. a, obviously a bit of a joke but um i think she she missed the point there if she wanted to win an oscar sooner <laughs> she just needed to sign up to play, <laughs> the, joker. play the joker yeah <laughs> uh no wonder robin williams didn't get that role he wasn't an academy award winner yeah did he what? did he not win for um uh goodwill hunting for best supporting actor yeah but that was after the first batman film yeah well so is hang on, did they all win beforehand yeah except for heath ledger who won for playing Foster. that role yeah mm-hmm. true he didn't win for um uh 
Broke Brokeback broke back Mountain? He might have. Anyway, let's go with that. <laughs> um, and on Twitter, we do posts when the when the podcast is out and other little bits and pieces. So uh, there's yeah. there's hashtags in there. And, and so yeah, if you've ever felt like, hey, I missed the episode out because my pod <laughs> podcast didn't update, well, join us on Twitter and you can see that it'll also announce when the podcast's out as well. <laughs> Um, if you have three goats and you think that they'd like the sound of our voices, then how about you check out our podcast on iTunes, uh, Spotify, YouTube, Podbean, uh, and pretty much any other place mm. that you get podcasts Also, from. If, you, if you have a uh, younger, rambunctious brother and an older, burlier brother <laughs> who may also like podcasts, why not recommend it to exactly. friends and family? Yeah, absolutely. It really, really helps. And I think that's it. All that remains this week is to thank you once again for listening. I've been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Roll credits.